welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, thanks, Sarah, for joining me for our conversation for the podcast. My pleasure. And Sarah is married to my son, Billy. And you and Billy are, um, you guys live down on the RGBI um, campus. And um, so anyway, I guess just for an introduction, um, you're a you're a mom of uh, so four kids. Mm-hmm. And I guess you're a busy mom, and you're involved in, um, like, I, I think, working with people who are wanting to practice their English. and mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, they have um, an English class, or several several English classes on campus. And so I, can, I help as a tutor. So I don't teach the classes, but just um, the students... Certain years you have to have a tutor to practice with, and so I volunteer for that. Yeah. And now you're just up this way for the summer, for really just for, and that's Martin. It's cockadoodle doing. <laughs> oh, okay. For a couple of more days. And, um, well, so anything, how would you fill that out as far as just explaining, introducing yourself? Oh, um,. Yeah, I feel like that about sums it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, um, I, uh, I'm very introverted. I feel like so that is uh, really interesting. Being married to Billy because he's very extroverted, hmm. and so I feel like we make a good balance though because I kind of rein him in and he kind of pushes me to go out more mm-hmm. and. Uh, be braver with relationships and things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I have, I like house plants and we like being hospitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, is, do you see being introverted as a positive thing? Um, in a lot of ways. I think, I think it has its pros and cons. Mm-hmm. I think, it would be it'd be really nice if um, if I got more excited about going to see people and didn't think about like how draining that would be. But I think that's also just my mindset. I think I could work on being more excited about going to see people mm-hmm. and not focus on like how tired I'll be afterward. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, but I think it is easier for me to kind of just stand back and observe people and have more of a feeling of how how they're actually feeling or doing because I'm not jumping in so quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've kind of I'm kind of introverted. I've kind of wondered if it's like the volume. Like I've been to places where there's a lot of people and everyone is real quiet. Like I'm talking about a funeral awake <laughs> and stuff like that. But I thought this is kind of nice. All my favorite people are here and I can go talk to them, but everyone is super quiet and it just, I, I wonder. And then I was at the ball game last Saturday and it was awful. It was so loud. I mean, just so much yelling and beeping and music and stuff. So I wonder anyway, if it's kind of like not the people, but more of the volume or not, or if, maybe so. So would, 
maybe I just need a good pair of earplugs and I just go everywhere. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, Billy mentioned a book that you, um, I don't know, he mentioned you read it. Um, nothing sad is un- nothing sad is true. Is that the name of the book? Oh, everything everything sad is untrue. Okay, yeah. Yeah. It's it's a very good book. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, the author is uh, I don't have it in front of me. His first name's Daniel, mm-hmm. which ac- actually is his his English first name, and I can't remember his his uh, Iranian first name. But it's about a um, it's a true story. It's like an autobiography of um, a refugee from Iran. And he came when he was a child. And so it's told, um, I think from when he was 10, 10 or 11, is uh, when he's writing the book. He, he wrote it as an adult, but it's from his perspective when he was 10 or 11. Okay. So, um, and then how does the title fit in? So the title's actually taken from The Lord of the Rings at the end whenever... Um, I'm pretty sure it's whenever Sam sees that Gandalf is alive and he said, is, is this how it's going to be where everything is just, everything sad is made untrue and it just keeps getting better and better instead of how, how it was getting worse and worse. And um, so that part of the book, um, in, in the story, he was, um, Daniel was reading The Lord of the Rings and he really liked that. But that's also how the autobiography is kind of set up so at the beginning it's it gets it just gets not darker but just heavier and heavier I feel like like there's the you know different memories from his childhood and then coming to the U.S. and then how difficult it is because he was he was in school in Oklahoma when 9-11 happened and he's not he wasn't from Iraq but that didn't the kids didn't, you know, I wouldn't have known the difference <laughs> between Iran and Iraq. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just all of the, the difficulty. Um, but then, like, I don't want to give anything away because I really enjoyed it. It's, it's a young adult book, so it's very easy to read. And um, I read it in like two days of traveling. <laughs> but um, uh, there, there is a sense where you can see how everything sad is untrue in a way um and a lot of that is the reason they were refugees was that his mother became a christian and so they had to leave iran or they would be killed and um it it was just very and i don't know it's it's a really good book (laughs) okay i'm really bad at um summarizing things without telling the entire plot (laughs) my sister was just giving me trouble about that the other day so i want to be careful (laughs) okay that's fine um, well, I guess I'm kind of asking you some questions or just kind of jotted down some things to ask. And it's kind of based on what's been on my mind lately. And as I was looking at them, I was, I was just thinking, man, these are kind of like just kind of tough questions because I'm <laughs> working through. But so feel free to, um, you know, not like any questions or turn any questions back on me or what answer however you want to. But so, like, as so, I just want to ask you about your relationship relationship with God. So, like, as Christians, you know, of course, 
we're attracted to God and, and stuff. That's kind of a part of what it means to be a Christian. So I thought I'd just ask you, like, what is it that you like about God? Or, yeah, so that's kind of hmm. my first question. Um, so I think it kind of depends on the season of my life, what, you know, what I like about him the best. I mean, I guess ideally I would just like everything about him equally if I don't know, but, but I'm not God, so I don't do everything equally. (laughs) Um, I think this summer, um, I've been very comforted by several different messages and, and things that I've read, um, that haven't actually been about this subject, but, um, the thing that has stood out to me is that, um, I guess to put it really simply that God likes me, that, um, um, even more so that he did not just give me the job of being holy or these responsibilities, um, but that he's, he's there with me, that he, he wants me to be able to overcome things. Like he wants me to be like him. He wants me to talk to him in prayer, not just be disciplined, not just, not just be a better person, but he cares about who I am. Like he made me to glorify him, not like a robot, but he made me who I am to glorify him. And that's just been a really comforting thing to me recently. Yeah. That's good. So I can see how, like, that could be really important, just knowing God likes you. Mm-hmm. Um, so what helps you to know that so it's kind of more so, more than just, well, the Bible tells me so, or something like that, where it kind of feels like it's just something you carry with you and you just know it or something. Does anything help you know God likes you? Yeah, um... I think, well, I think being a mom has helped me with that a little bit, just my relationship, just feeling how much I, I enjoy my children and their different personalities, like, not just because they're my, it's not, um, like, if I was teaching a class, I would love the kids, like, I've done Sunday school before, and they're all so cool, and I love them, but... They're just kind of all at the student level. You know, I want them to do well. I want them to learn what we're teaching. I want them to behave, and I want them to be happy. But I don't know them intimately, and I'm not, like, working on specific parts of their character alongside them or anything like that. Whereas with my children, like, I I know them better than I know any other kids in the world. And I know when... um, when they do something that to anyone else would seem very commonplace, but for them it's something they've been really struggling with, and um, and I can just I just rejoice in that so much. And so to think that um, that's on an even deeper and more extreme level with the Lord has been uh, just very very like a really good reminder to me every time I'm rejoicing with them <clears throat> or I'm sad with you know something they've chosen to do just to remember that like this is how the I'm not just a student to the Lord I'm his child and he knows me way better than I know my kids because sometimes very often I get it wrong what what they're actually thinking or what their goal is um so there's that's been really big and then also just um I've been trying to help our whole family be more thankful just in general 
and um, the the verse in James is that every good thing given um, comes from above, and just this idea that every good thing that we have in our life is is a present from the Lord, and just like an intentional present, you know, because there is I know common great like everybody has certain gifts but those even those gifts like the lord doesn't do anything just willy-nilly he's very intentional about everything he does and so you know even having coffee in the morning is like i don't have to have coffee in the morning he wouldn't he doesn't have to give me that cup of coffee um for me to live which I know because I couldn't drink coffee for so long. <laughs> but it's just a special little gift from him. Like every pleasant thing in life is like a, a specific present from, from my father. Is there um, anything that makes you not feel close to God or feel alone from God or anything like that? Yeah. Um, my baby. So I don't feel like I suffer well at all. And I also struggle a lot with um, trusting the Lord because I know that ultimately everything will be good. Like the ending is good. And, and he will accomplish all that he has planned to accomplish in me. But um, I... I don't always trust him to do it in a way that I will agree with, I think, because <laughs> I know that um, sometimes he uses really horrible things, and he uses them, and, and in the end, so for example, my, my biological father died whenever I was six, and um, now... Um, I can see how the Lord has used that in my life, and I can rejoice that my daddy is is in heaven and not in pain. Um, but I also just have this, I don't really ever want to go through that again. <laughs> and I know that eventually we all die unless Jesus comes back first. So it's coming you know every unless I die first I'm gonna have to say goodbye to everybody and um and so it's just kind of something I I have to struggle to just trust the Lord because and and that's something also that I see in my relationship with my kids that um you know I will tell them we have to do this unpleasant thing whatever it may be and and it's hard for them to trust me that it's actually going to be okay and for me, you know, I wouldn't, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm not going to put them anywhere near through what the Lord might put me through. But um, if I can remember that he's with me and that he's not going to do anything that he's not going to use, like he's, he's going to do the best thing and he's only going to allow whatever evil that he's going to use, you know. So, yeah, that's, that's probably my biggest my biggest struggle with the Lord is is trusting Him completely and knowing that He will actually get me through whatever He brings me to. <laughs> so when you think of suffering, you think of like going through the the loss of your dad. Is that kind of the uh, how those are two, can, 
those are connected. That's kind of what you're thinking of. And that's like the example, like, is it kind of what, because when I think of suffering, I think of like a migraine or something yeah. like that. Like I'm like my physical, but I've never um, like lost someone super close before. So I don't, you know, you, I think you probably experienced something you know, on, in that regard more than what I have or more intensely and so forth. But yeah, well, I think that would be the extreme end. But okay. also for me, suffering would be um, having to do something every night of the week. <laughs> and I'm probably actually much worse at suffering in tiny ways than if, if something tragic actually happens. Um, then there's, a, you know, the Lord ha- gives you a peace in those moments, I think. Um, whereas in the little bitty steady dripping of of life I just tend to whine and complain and I have more anxiety about the future than I actually usually do getting through whatever whatever it is that happens Mm -hmm. honestly so um so you were six which is pretty young but you remember it like really well and that when you're yeah not not every detail but I think I've spent a lot of time remembering like focusing on those memories mm-hmm. as a child so i have probably more times that i remember remembering them than mm-hmm. the actual memories themselves but yeah it's it's really strange because sometimes um i i will just kind of remember something super clearly that i'd almost forgotten just a situation or something or an interaction with him um and i don't know if it's just trauma or how it's logged away in there but it's um it's it's nice to have memories though i can't remember what his voice sounded like at all Hmm. but i remember i liked it (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know i wasn't i was just this just came to my memory now but you spent quite a bit of time with nancy ponder kind of lead when leading up to her death like she was older and and things like that Mm -hmm. so um what kind of impression did that whole experience make on you? Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was a really it was she was a really special lady, and uh, I think it was a, a good way. It was kind of my first job was was helping her. Like I was, um, I guess technically hired by the state or something okay. like that. So I got a paycheck. It was nice. She never wanted me to do the work, though. She really just wanted me to sit there and like, I, I can't take the paycheck unless I help you clean, Nancy. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was it was. She was a lot of fun. She was so, so stubborn, in every way. And, but you know, once you've gone through so much in your life and you've you know you're older and, you know, it's just life's harder and it's hard not to just stand back and say, you know, if you want those chicken wings, just, I know they have salt, but <laughs> I won't tell. But no, I always told her she should not have them, but I can't, I can't control, you know, I wasn't, you mm-hmm. know, in any place. So it wasn't my fault that she ate them. She would sneak them though. I would take her to the store <laughs> and she would, she would be looking, there was a certain brand of chicken wings in the deli area. And she'd be like, these are really good. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, but look, they have so much sodium. Do you think we could find something with not as much sodium? And she'd be like, yeah, and she'd put it down. And then she'd send me on this goose chase to the other side of the store. And she would get them and sneak them on whenever we were checking out. I'm like, Miss Nancy? <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah. But she really, um, something I, I really took away from that was, that experience was um, um, just how important it is to be open and um, I guess accept, accept help because she was a very strong person and she'd had to be strong on her own for so much of her life that I think at the end it was really difficult for her to accept help or to um, even show that she needed it, you know? And um, I could see her her loved ones kind of struggling with that, like they wanted to help her, but she was so stubborn and, you know, she would try to make things look like it was better than than they actually, it actually was. So, um, which was a very good thing for me to learn because I was just finishing college and I was a very, uh, very independent person at that time. And, um, yeah, so that, that was probably the biggest impression. Also that, um, if you care about someone, then you can do, do a lot more for them than you would expect yourself to do. Cause, uh, it was really silly, but I, I really hated tomatoes for a long time. And, she would have me chop up tomatoes for her. And I was like, I don't even mind that my hands smell like tomatoes right now. Hmm. Wow. So I don't remember Nancy, you know, a whole lot. I didn't know her like really well. Um, but it seemed like she had like passion about her. I don't remember the circumstances, but like about like, she felt like she had a mission, like, for protection, protecting, mm-hmm. I think maybe certain people in her family. I forget exactly what, but it's like she had a strong will. Like I, it seems like she, even when she was in the hospital, like she was kind of fighting. Um, like she didn't want. I think if I'm remembering right, she didn't want much pain reliever and stuff because that might cause her to be dull and not mm-hmm. fight as hard. And mm-hmm. like she felt like her life was important for some reason for other people. So I don't know. She had like, she was, was a strong woman. It seems mm-hmm. like but. she was, yeah, she has, um, a son that was, um, a little disabled and she took care of him. They were, they were so cute together. Like he, he, um, she told me that they weren't the state wouldn't approve speech therapy, and so he wasn't able to, but he he could communicate. He just wasn't, uh, he couldn't enunciate very well. But she understood everything he said. And they would, it was just so cute. She'd be like, no, you can't bring your cards. Come on, we need to get you to daycare. It was just so, she was, they were so cute. Hmm. But also she took care of her grandkids uh, for many years. And I think she just really, yeah, she did. She wanted to take care of them. That was, that was her mission. Mm-hmm. And then what was her relationship with God like? Um, just anything stand out about it? Um. Um, it seemed very steady. Like she was, um, I think sometimes whenever people are very practical, it can be, you know, you don't have so much of the, the mushy, like feely sort of mm-hmm. language, you know, but it was just, he was just a very definite part of her life. Like, you know, you read the Bible, you pray, 
you trust the Lord, you know, and, and, um, yeah, that was really good to see. Like, even with all of the troubles of daily life, she was, you know, she was like, well, of course the Lord's here, you know. Hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Another thing I've been thinking about lately is, um, like the whole matter of being loving or something like that. Like I was just thinking about this morning, um, is, um, you know, we, like I, there's a way for me to love myself wrong, but I think if I'm, but it's good and even helpful for me to desire love and that could Mm. help. So like loving myself wrong might be like self-exaltation or, you know, being like concerned about or wanting to be well thought of by others and highly regarded and this, that, you know, there's several different things just fulfilling my own, you know, kind of ambitions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the, ambitions or there's nothing wrong with it mm-hmm. it's just that um but then a uh, contrary to that is like just the desire for love which i don't think i had thought about this before but i think it's a good desire like we want to be loved by god we want to be loved by people and if we're kind of thinking of that in the right way then it can kind of i think help um push out some of the bad ways that we want to love ourselves you know, so anyway, that's kind of like, I'm not sure if I explained it quite right, but um, anyway, so I just thought I'd ask you about that. Um, like, uh, it's, love seems kind of central in the Christian life, you know, it's just like our commandment. So um, what are your thoughts about love as far as like, what helps you to you know, grow and being a loving person, um, where love just kind of, you know, is there, are, are there certain things that just helps you to love or any other thoughts that you might have on the, on the whole topic of love? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that for me, at least a lot of times love has to kind of be an intentional choice. So I'm not, um, I mean, there there are always people that you just connect with, and it's just they're just easy to love, you know. They're mm-hmm. you know you feel like you can get to know them well, and and I think you have to have some kind of connection in order to actually love someone, because otherwise, you know, you could be totally wrong about who you're loving, or you know, maybe you love some something about them that's not even true. Um, but uh, for me, very often. Uh, it's, I have to, I have to just kind of make a decision that I'm going to love this person. (laughs) And that means I'm going to get to know them. I'm going to share, be vulnerable to them, which is a very difficult thing for me. And, um, yeah, I think, I think just, just to make a conscious decision and then actually act on that is the, um, the, the first thing I think of. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I remember doing that with my sister um, at some point in our in our childhood, probably when I was maybe a preteen or a teenager. And I just realized that, like, I love I did love her. She was my sister, but like we were not going to just naturally be friends. That was not going to happen unless 
I decided that this was going to happen and I was going to, I was thinking just, I was going to be a, a best friend to her, but, um, really it was, I'm, I was going to take the time to actually love her in a deeper way. And it worked. She's my best friend now, but it was hard work. <laughs> yeah. I guess like one thought comes to my mind is like, you know, loving some intentionally loving someone who you don't necessarily like is like, it almost there's it seems like there could be the danger of becoming more like that person. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, because you do have to be kind of vulnerable and kind of like meet there in the middle somewhere or something. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's some people that, um, you know, a person might not have very much respect for. And, and it's like, I don't know. I kind of want to not get very close. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think that there are definitely, um, there have to be some boundaries in relationships, even if you are loving them, you know, all out. Um, because, I mean, Proverbs talks a lot about, you know, not hanging out with the fool. <laughs> but um, at the same time, we're supposed to love everyone, even even the fool, right? And I'm myself a fool, so... I don't know how where that puts me in that, but hmm. um, well, um, let's see. Um, so, any life challenges you've had to go through, or um, so, okay. Any life challenges you've had to grow through or want to grow through? I'm trying to read my own writing. <laughs> um, like just anything, I guess, that you know has been a, a challenge in your life and you've just had to kind of mature and to grow and make your way through it and get over it or just something that like is still in your life and you're and you just recognize this is an area where you just have to kind of grow in some way to, you know, to get over it. So, you know, any, any anything comes to mind that you're, you're okay with talking about? Um, yeah. Uh, I think the, the first thing I think of is like what I've recently been, um, thinking I need to work on. <laughs> um, and that's just that I'm not a very disciplined person. Like I'm a, a committed person. But I have a, and I love to make schedules, but I have a very, very hard time um, consistently doing things. Um, like, I will make sure that things get done, but especially for things that I feel like would grow, grow me personally, uh, they're very difficult to stay high on my priority list. Um, so I've been thinking, for example, I... I need to, when we get back, because everything's crazy, um, just day-to-day uh, while we're in Missouri, but when we get home, I need to um, set a time that I get up every morning and actually get up and have a morning routine. But that would be really difficult because you never know when you're going to bed. There, If there's an event on the college campus that night, you'll stay up late, and so then you want to sleep in the next day. And it's it can be really difficult for me to stay consistent with something when life itself is not very consistent. 
you know, there, I mean, there are obviously the sun rises and the sun sets, but that, even that time changes. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> well, I think it's going to stop though, ain't it? That uh, the falling back and springing forward stuff. I hope so. <laughs> they were, when we first moved to Texas, I'm pretty sure maybe it was a year or two after, but they were talking about, it was, it was in Congress, I think to, to stop it in Texas and it didn't pass. Oh, it didn't? Okay. And I almost wrote a letter to everyone <laughs> <laughs> to ask them to please try again, but I didn't get to that because I'm not very disciplined. <laughs> You're a letter writer. I remember you writing to White Castle about their logo and stuff. Yeah, I did. It's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> um, I wonder if I like scheduling and planning too. In fact, I just love doing that. Um, and I'm not good at carrying it out. Um, I wonder if that's just a personality thing or something that we share in common. Because it's like, yeah, like thinking of my yearly goals or um, making my schedule for the week or just trying to come up with like my routine and fine-tune it and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just really kind of, it just fills me with hope. But, but then um, before long, it's like something else and I'm always redoing it. And I'm never mm-hmm. really finishing it very well. And I mean, I get some things done, but um, I'm more of a planner than a follower of yes, my plan. <laughs> that's that's exactly how I am. And sometimes I wonder if um, if I might have like attention deficit disorder, which is that's something that it sounds like uh, people struggle with. But hmm. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe it's just me not putting in the, the diligence <laughs> but but I do I really enjoy making like very detailed plans for how our entire semester will go each day of the week and yeah. it just always falls apart yeah. instantly there's certain things that have been helpful for me like um one person on my podcast recently she had a word of the year and she got this from a book that I, I think it's the same book I read several years ago. And it was on like a little bar on her necklace. I forgot what her word was, but I thought, I'm going to come up with my words. So here it is on my bracelet. Trust. Trust. I like it. <laughs> and um, a few years ago, my word was patience. Oh. And that was a trying year. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I feel like the more I pay attention to my patience, the less it seems like I have. Yeah. Um. Well, what's very satisfying for you when you're doing it or when you're involved in it? Hmm. Um, I think, well, it depends on the day with this, but I really enjoy homeschooling the kids. Um, but there are days that it seems like they've forgotten everything they knew, and that's not so satisfying, and I feel like I'm failing them. But whenever whenever they uh, finally get something they've been struggling with, that's, that's one of the best feelings in the world, I think. And also, um, as an English tutor, it's the same, the same idea. It's, uh, it's really exciting to see how much the students grow over a semester. Hmm. Um, yeah, I really, I really enjoy that. That's neat. Yeah. Um, I've never been really a person. 
who um, was into like training and teaching others so much. You know, um, I think it would have been good um, for me to be so. I think it's really rewarding, and it kind of pays off too. Like if you're um, training up, you know, employees or kids or whatever, you know, and then they're kind of more of a team with you and stuff like that. But yeah, that's neat. Um, I've been more of just a, a doer and just trying to get things done, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, which is faster at the beginning, but it probably pays off to be more mm-hmm. invested into other people in the long run, you know? Yeah. Well, when I need to get something done, I have a very hard time slowing down to help someone else help yeah. me. Like in the, oh, I, okay. like around the house for me, I yeah. would rather just everyone just go outside and leave right. me alone so I can get it done. Right, but yeah. at the same time, it is really a, it's it can be fun to do things with the kids, but mm-hmm. it's kind of twice as much work I feel right. like, and so just depending on if I feel like this is something I need to get done right away or not, it kind of makes a difference. Right. Um. Well. So I'm going to ask two questions like, what kind of person do you want to be 10 years from now? And then I was also going to ask, what quality about yourself are you grateful for? So they're kind of like both sides of the spectrum. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so you already mentioned kind of like disciplines. So that might be the same answer, you know, for like what kind of person do you want to be 10 years from now? Or I don't know, anything else come to mind or just yeah. anything kind of more in general or? I think I would like to be more fun with my kids in 10 years by the time I get, like, sooner than that, hopefully. But I I would like to be um, maybe more accessible to them just for everyday life, not just very often. And I think it's because they've been so young, because Mary's seven and she's the oldest. Mm -hmm. So just now I've been feeling with her and William... Like I, I need to be more. Whenever, whenever they're little, you have like little bitty games, you know, and you have like preschool things that you do with them, and then they need to play on their own also, and you can get something done. But the older they get, the more complicated doing things with them gets. Mm-hmm. The more complicated the games get, and and the stories and things, and it can be really hard for me to just make myself just stop because I'm, I'm very slow and not disciplined. So to get anything done takes me all day long. And so to prioritize like just really simple things with them, but they mean a lot for them. Like I remember when I was a child, if, uh, if my mom would play with me for 10 minutes, like with Barbies or something, like I still remember it. And so I, I really want to be more more involved with just every part of their lives, not just the boring, difficult parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's neat how um, adults just giving a little time to kids can mean so much. Mm-hmm. Like a big person in my life when I was growing up was Jim Struby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I have two kids named after him. Like, uh, Jim, you know, Jim is named after him. And then... Um, Edmund James Jackson. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh. So, um, and if I, um, 
kind of tell someone about, you know, my conversion story, a lot of times I mention Jim because even though he was kind of more involved in my life like years earlier, Mm -hmm. um, he kind of made Christianity attractive to me. So even in the midst of kind of being a rebellious teenager, um, there was always something kind of attractive toward Christianity. And I I kind of think like when I kind of came to the end of my rope, um, I turned toward God um, because there was just something there that was attractive to me. And it was like there was this fella in my life that I respected. He spent time with me and the other fellas at church and uh, loved us. And anyway, so. Wow. That would would be a good goal, too, for the next 10 years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, What quality about yourself are you grateful for? Um, I think, I think my empathy, maybe. A lot of times I'm not grateful for it, but, um, it's, it's very easy for me to feel, uh, especially like if somebody's having a hard time, but also when, when they're happy, um, just to pick up on their feelings and, and share that with them. I'm not so good at expressing it, I feel like, so maybe they don't realize, like, how deeply I grieve with them sometimes. But, um, and it makes it really hard to read or watch um, sad things, especially if they're true, because it's just a very, it just really drags me down. But on a relationship level, I, I feel like it's, it's been a blessing and I think it can kind of help Billy, too, sometimes, because he doesn't always uh, instantly feel how people are feeling. <laughs> so does that connect you to strangers? Yeah, or? sometimes. Okay. I feel like, especially um, like the crazy people that will just start talking to you about their life. <laughs> Those are some of the best people. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, okay, so you've had, like, interactions with people like that, and... Uh, just strangers, okay. Well, what about your, um, you know, your own family that you grew up in? Um, is there anything kind of that stands out to you um, in your family, the, the Webbers? That um, just anything that stands out to you that, as far as just you're really glad for, you know, that maybe something unique about the Webbers or anything that you're or just not unique, but just you're grateful for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like growing up, we were, well, one, we were very proud to be Webbers, which I think is nice. And I think that um, um, that home was kind of a place where everybody, like we just thought our family was the coolest. I still think my family is the coolest. But I, but I was just thinking about that as an adult now. I feel like um, that's something really that can be really important to someone to have a place where people really think a lot of them. You know, like genuinely, not not in a flattering way, but just you know, if you do something, your family's like, "Wow, that's cool." Um, and no, I mean, it's not like we were always building each other up, but we really did have like a disproportionate amount of pride in each other. I feel like. Um, and uh, also, um, they were never, so 
I guess my family cared a lot about what people thought and, and like what was polite a lot of times. Um, but at the same time, there was always this um, underlying questioning of, of everything um, and just a, you know, why, why not? You know, just a, I don't know. So um, like our family would take vacations on motorcycles and people thought we were crazy because my brother was, uh, how old was he when we first left? He might have been six whenever we went on our first family motorcycle trip. He was, I think he was four whenever dad bought his motorcycle that was like a touring bike. So it was more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so mom had a bike and dad had a sidecar. And so all five of us could travel at the same time. And people just, they just thought we were crazy, but we thought it was great. I mean, (laughs) it was, it was, it was different. It was not um, always easy, especially if it was raining or something, because you're just kind of sitting there enduring it. You know, you're not actually, there's not even the, the challenge of getting, you know, to the other side. You're just hanging on and wishing you were dry. But um, I think it was really good for us. I don't, I don't regret it at all. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but also, so um, I guess part of that would be there was a time when we were, uh, there was a lot of very legalistic teaching um in our in our specific homeschool community and um my mom just really wanted she she's she's a really amazing woman and she's always been so as long as I can remember she's been so dedicated to the Lord like no matter what 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 it would take she would stay close to the Lord which is made a huge impact I was thinking of her whenever you were talking about um, Jim Struby, just to like, I always knew that mom was praying and she was like, she would have to carve out time <laughs> to be in the word or to pray, or she would get up super early and she was always listening to sermons. Like she couldn't get anything else on the radio and stuff. And, um, it was, so that was, that's been, that was really impactful for me. Um, but like that kind of it was, she was very like, if this is what I need to do to be godly, then that's what I need to do. But I need to know for sure. And I was like, that's not how I was raised. Like, I mean, well, she was more before that. I need to be know for sure. But I was just like, I can't find anything in the Bible that says I can't wear blue jeans, mom, (laughs) like anywhere, like show me where it is. And I will, I will wear a dress, but I don't see anything that says I need to wear a dress or, um, you know, they, they said she shouldn't wear, ride motorcycles, but my dad wanted to. So she's like, well, to be submissive, I have to take my family on motorcycles and just a lot of different. I feel like we were always uh, pushing, challenging the norm, no matter what the norm was. If it was uh, going to youth group or if it was being legalistic, we were, we were always kind of challenging it, right. but very quietly. So people didn't really realize how much we were challenging it, I don't think. Yeah, that's a good just kind of description of it. And because um, I can see, um, yeah, the coolness aspect of just the all of you on motorcycles, <laughs> <laughs> but also just kind of, um, yeah, ch- just challenging things. So it's, yeah, it's neat. 
Um, when it comes to, um, so what um, disciplines do you have in your life that are meaningful to you, like either something that you do daily um, or you just do when you think of it or whatever, like, I don't know, like either journaling or praying or just what seems to be the most um, meaningful thing to you along those lines? Mm. Hmm. So I don't know if if um, this would like count, but um, I really enjoy taking care of house plants, um, just because it's, especially if I'm I'm stressed about life in general, it can be very relaxing if if it wasn't so hot outside then i'd have a lot more outside and we probably will now that the lord's provided a yard for us but um just to kind of um reset i usually am praying whenever i'm taking care of the plants and it's just a kind of um calming experience for me just to like I don't know, take off the dead leaves and give them water and just make sure they're taken care of. And it's just very, it's it's like a simplified version of motherhood, I guess, without the plants screaming at you or, you know, misbehaving. They're just going to grow. And if they get sick, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter. If they die, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Whereas with everything else in my life, I feel like it's, the stakes are much higher. <laughs> but with plants, it's just kind of a... Um, really more of a relaxing reset time for me. So I, that's probably the only reason that I'm disciplined in it. Hmm. Well, that's neat. Um, so caring for, so you say you, you pray when you're doing that or you're usually praying and is it for the plants or just anything? Usually not for the plants. Yeah. There's, I have one plant that, that really needs prayer. It's, it's kind of expensive, so I'm always like, oh, Lord, if, if this one could just not die, that would be, I'd feel really bad if this one died. But so far, I don't know, I haven't seen it in several months, but I don't think it's dead. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, is someone taking care of your plants while you're gone? Yeah, guess, our neighbor yes. is. And um, my our plants saved saved our house, or not, that's a little dramatic, but we... Um, we didn't realize that our electricity bill wasn't automatic, and so our power got turned off while we were gone, and there was a bunch of stuff in the refrigerator, and we never would have known it if I didn't have plants and someone was coming over to tell us. Oh, okay. So, I yeah, see. our friends were amazing, and they cleaned out our fridge, and we paid the bill, so the power's back on. Yeah, cool. Well, um, I think I'm kind of wrapped up like is there anything else that we should bring up before we just kind of end the conversation hmm. I was wondering um just how oh, how would I word this um how you've been enjoying having a podcast like what what has it uh brought brought to your life you know, it's been um, just a big thing for me. Like, when I first started it, 
I didn't know. I just kind of plunged right into it, and it was just really satisfying. And uh, I think you and Billy were early on the podcast, if I remember. Ellie and Johnny were, I think, the first. You know, but, um, and I remember that. Yeah, and I really like it. what as far as what it's done. Well, you know, it's a way to connect with people, and it's a way to reach out to people they wouldn't talk to otherwise. Mm-hmm. Like I just wouldn't have the reason to, or um, even if it's someone that I might commonly see and chat with, um, it's a reason to have a more intentional conversation where I can really ask them what I really want to ask them, you know. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoy it that way. And um, I think it's helped me to grow, though it's it's hard to say just exactly how or, or what. But I think that you know, we do grow through our connection with other people over time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it is a, a way to connect. And when I, after a, a good conversation, um, like I, um, you know, I, I just think this is worth listen to, listening to again. And a lot of times I do. And um, so I, I enjoy it. So, yeah. And I, I'm excited to kind of inter- bring other people in. Like Ellie's been a co-host mm-hmm. for a while. And um, I'm not sure if Billy has or not. Um, yeah, I was trying to remember if he had or not. I know he had talked about it, but I don't know if he... Yeah. But, um, you know, if it's ever something you would like to do, I bet you would make a really nice um, host. Oh. And you could be a guest <laughs> host. And... Um, and that's why I meant I said Ellie was a co-host, but I meant she was a guest host. Like mm-hmm. she, you know, it, I wasn't there at all. And she just recorded a conversation. So if you want to um, reach out to anybody that you would like to record a conversation with, you know, um, I can, um, you know, d- down there in Texas, you got some equipment. I'm sure Billy can help you kind of get oh, set up yeah. with anything. And there's um, there's a browser a platform that I use when it, if someone's not local, but you know it could be just someone local, and um, and I'll post it for you. So anyway, okay, thank okay. you. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking um, that this has been a nice conversation that I don't know if we would have had normally. Yeah, um, mainly because there were like so many times that the kids came through and Billy, um, yeah, got them off. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy it. So, all right. Well, thanks, Sarah. Thank you.